gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. Hello there. Welcome back to my Two Cents Podcast. This is episode 119, which is entitled Horrendous. I'm your host, G2. And before I get into today's topics, I just want to rejoice off the National Food Days of the Week. Today being March 26th, it is Spinach Day, as well as Nougat Day. Tomorrow, March 27th, it is International Whiskey Day. March 28th, Black Forest Cake Day. March 29th, Chevron Cake Day. March 30th, Hot Chicken Day. March 31st, it is Clam Day and Oysters on a Half Shell Day, so basically seafood. And on April 1st, which is April Fool's, it is Sourdough Bread Day. Now with those food topics out of the way, the reason why I entitled today's episode Horrendous is because we back at it again, ladies and gentlemen. There was a lot of horrendous uh, news that came out of this week, and I find it my civic duty to report that to you guys. I feel that some of these uh, news topics were not mentioned across the United States in certain places. They were mentioned because they're local news, but I think on a national and even international basis, I think that these news topics need to be talked about more. And in the grand scheme of things, I think that some of these news topics will give people more insight on what they can do if they happen to uh, be dealing with something at least close to what I'm going to be mentioning today. Now, before I get into the topic today, I do want to say this to the listener that's listening to this. If you could, whether you're listening to this on Apple, Amazon, Spotify, wherever you're listening to this podcast, if you could hit the follow button and just that's all you have to do. When you do that, you hit the follow button, subscribe button that at least allows the algorithm to spread out this podcast more. And it also lets people know this podcast exists because when that happens, more people get notified of it. And also you, the listener, you guys will always be up to date with new episodes that I drop. I drop new episodes always on a Saturday, Sunday basis. And for the past, what? month and a week now i've been dropping an episode on wednesday called the midweek breakdown you can look back at those and the midweek breakdown is me talking for a good what 10 20 minutes about a specific topic and then i have music to just play out and that's it so if you could do that that'll be greatly appreciated now to start off with horrendous news we want to talk about some school shootings that happened this week the first one was at a Texas high school. Um, the teenage boy fatally shot outside Arlington Lamar High School Monday morning has been confirmed by family members and the Tarrant County Medical Examiner's Office, as has come from NBC DFW Channel 5. On Tuesday, the Medical Examiner's Office positively identified the victim as 16-year-old Deshaun Poirier of Grand Prairie. Police said Monday afternoon that the victim was sitting near the steps outside of the high school just before 7 a.m. when a classmate approached him with a gun and opened fire. Poirier was taken by ground ambulance to John Peter Smith Hospital in Fort Worth, where he died at 8.40. On Tuesday, Arlington police confirmed to NBC5 the accused shooter was carrying a shotgun and that shells were found in his backpack when he was taken into custody. According to the medical examiner's report, Poirier cause of death with shotgun wounds to his head and chest. A juvenile girl who was near Poirier at the time of the shooting was grazed by the shot or flying debris. She was treated and released from the hospital on Monday. Poirier's cousin released his name earlier in the day when he shared an online fundraiser accepting donations to help cover the cost of the teenager's memorial service. The victim's cousin described the teen as someone who made friends easily and said he loved spending time with his family, playing video games, and going to sporting events. The classmate accused of killing Poirier is a juvenile identified as a 15-year-old male. Arlington police said Monday that the suspect has been charged with capital murder. If convicted of capital murder, a juvenile could be sentenced to a maximum of 40 years in prison, according to Texas Juvenile Justice Department. So, there we have it here. Um, We have that school shooting that happened. And then we had the one in Denver, literally, what, Wednesday morning, as it's come from uh, NBC News. Denver school shooting suspect brought weapons to previous school, sources said. A student who was accused to be patted down at the start of each school day allegedly shot and wounded two school administrators on East High School in Denver, authorities said. The suspect, Austin Lyle, 
17, fled the school after the Wednesday morning shooting, Denver police said. His body was discovered in nearby Park County on Wednesday night after hour-long manhunt, officials said. We're going to connect with the parents of Austin this evening, Denver Public Schools Superintendent Alex Moreau told reporters during a press briefing Thursday afternoon. I can acknowledge that we felt Austin as a district. Lyle allegedly shot the school administrators as they patted him down in the school's office area, which officials said is away from other students and staff. The injured faculty members were both hospitalized. Eric Sinclair remains in serious condition, and Gerard Mason has since been released from the hospital, according to the hospital and school districts. The suspect's daily searches were part of a safety plan that was a result of previous behavior, school officials said at the Wednesday news conference. Alex said that the school had a regular routine with the student, but on the day of the shooting, the administrator who typically engaged with the student was not allowed, and two different staffers were involved in the pat-down. Last year, Leo was expelled from Overland High School in Aurora for allegedly violating school policy, a spokesperson for Cherry Creek School District told ABC News. Law enforcement sources told ABC News that in 2021, Leo was charged with possession of a dangerous weapon. It is unclear if that is the same incident that led to his dismissal from Overland High School, but sources told ABC News that school leadership described Leo to police as potentially violent and a threat to the safety of the school after a series of events in the 2021-2022 school year, including bringing a weapon to Overland High School prior to his dismissal. Now, having read both of those school shooting incidences, I am coming to the conclusion that school shootings are just going to be a common thing now. I think there's going to be death taxes that's going to happen to school shootings now more than ever. I have never witnessed more school shootings coming about in my life. When I was a kid, I didn't hear a lot about school shootings. When I was a teenager, I didn't start hearing about school shootings. I didn't really start hearing about school shootings until I was leaving, what, high school, my junior slash senior year, when the Sandy Hook shooting happened in Connecticut. That was like the first time I actually experienced a school shooting, at least being in school. I heard about it. That's what I mean by that. I didn't actually, like, was around that situation. But being in school hearing about it, seeing the news covering it, that was my first time just even witnessing the sadness of people actually living through a school shooting. Yes, you've heard about previous school shootings before time, like Columbine and all the other school shootings. Those ones are big ones. Columbine is the biggest one in American history. When you think about school shootings, that's the one that pops up to everybody. Say Columbine. I think Sandy Fort now is not Sandy Fort, but Sandy Hook is probably going to be like the second one because that was literally a guy coming up there and just start shooting kids. But school shootings are now becoming a regular thing in America, and that's just insane to me. Anybody that has children have to be on the alert literally every single year because you don't know what type of person whether it be an adult that's going to come into a school and start shooting up a school, whether it's going to be a classmate going to a school and shooting up a school, or God forbid, a teacher, someone that you are entrusting your kids to is going to go to a school and shoot up a school because they have a bad day one day. You have no idea. These are things that run into or run around in the heads of adults that either have kids in school or siblings that are in school, and you just hope to God that, yo, my sibling or my uh, kid comes back to me in one piece the same way that I dropped them off at school. That's what you're hoping for. But school shootings are becoming a more common thing more than ever. And I hope that some way, somehow, somebody can at least cut that. I don't care what you guys have to do. Get more people in there. Get police officers to be roaming around the school. Get uh, metal detectors. Have people get pat down like a monkey. I don't care what you have to do. Something has to be done with these school shootings, literally, dude, because you would think the pandemic should have taught people, hey, yo, we need to focus on loving each other more, or at least being around each other more, because the more time that people were away from people, people started having mental problems. And now that we're back, you would think that kids and teenagers actually want to be friends or at least be more around each other because they don't ever want to go back to COVID time because COVID sucked for everyone. So it's just traumatic to hear about these school shootings but i don't want this to be lost on anyone 
I do want to wish uh, luck to the Poirier family, the Poirier family, sorry, uh, the family of Jashawn Poirier, because he got killed this week, and it's just a crying shame. It's horrendous how someone could just go and kill your kid, and now, guess what, that person is now going to jail, they got to stand trial, and they're living and breathing while your kid is dead. It's a crying shame here. Hopefully, we at least get some motive, some reason why the kid did what he did, uh, something. And for the Austin Leal situation, he was already kicked out of other school for basically being a potential threat and carrying a weapon on the previous school premises, and it was part of his regular day-to-day operation for him to get patted down. I just don't know how this one happened, how this came about. Did he come in there, start shooting up first as a pat down? He just whipped it out. Pop, pop. Or what happened? I don't know, but I'm hoping that, again, I want school shootings to end. I hope there's, there's a way that somebody can make it stop. Because if not, I can see a lot of parents basically yanking their kids out and be like, no, we're going to do homeschooling. We're going to do something like that because they want their kid living more than they want them dead trying to earn their education in public schooling. That's just insane to me. But only time will tell. But again, my condolences to everyone that was affected by these school shootings in Texas and in Denver, uh, Colorado. So my prayers to both of these uh, places. Now off to USA Today as it covered the parents of the gunmen to stand trial in the Oxford school shooting. Michigan appeals court orders. The parents of Ethan Crumbly, James Crumbly, and Jennifer Crumbly are to stand trial for the deadly mass school shootings by their son, concluding there's enough evidence to send the case to trial. The Crumblies are charged with involuntary manslaughter and the deaths of four students killed by their son, Ethan Crumbly, who used a gun. His parents bought him as a Christmas present to carry out the massacre at Oxford High School in November 2022. So they are now being charged with involuntary uh, manslaughter, and I am behind it 100%. People might say they weren't there, they could have did this, they couldn't have done... Listen here, if you guys go back and read everything from what the prosecution has, you can read about how the parents were notified of the son having uh, drawn up drawings about guns and blood and bullets and all this type of stuff. Matter of fact, the son Ethan, he was uh, caught by one of the teachers looking up ammunition and notify the parents then the mother end up texting him hey you got to be careful looking up that or be more discreet next time you're looking up something like that and put an lol after that i mean the parents had every warning even on the day of the kid was brought in ethan he was brought in to a guidance counselor uh meeting and i believe the mother was brought there and they had the opportunity to take the kid out the mom said nah leave him in there Any parent that gets brought in about your kid having a problem of that magnitude would have brought their kid out of school and took him home and gotten him at least something. Whether, yo, we're going to talk about this or we're going to put the guns away or something like that. That's at least what I believe parents should be doing with that type of situation. And I believe I know I would in that situation. I wouldn't just allow my kid to be sitting there. I'd be like, nah, we're kidding this kid out. If my girl says, yo, you pick up your son or pick up your daughter because they're wilding, I'll have to drive off work and come pick them up. Yes, you'll be pissed off, but it's called being a parent. You created that kid, and guess what? You have to actually nurture that kid. You have to bring them into the way of how a person is supposed to breathe and think and make them become smarter. That's your whole deal as a parent. That's what you signed up for when you technically did the do and had the child. That's what you signed up for. So James and Jennifer Crumbly, they failed at this. They failed at raising Ethan for real. They failed at that. Like I said, you can go and look at all the evidence that the prosecution has lined up. You can look at everything that was presented and been reported about this exact uh, case. I've been talking about this case for some time now and past episodes as well, whenever they bring up new things about it. And I'm going to continue whenever the trial goes to uh whenever this thing goes to trial whenever this thing actually goes to court with jennifer and uh james crumbly because again i believe this is going to set a precedent to basically have parents be on the lookout say hey yo you guys need to start looking at what your kids are doing make sure they're all right if they're not all right yo getting more uh get more into their life and try to see what's going on with them mentally see what's going on with them at school and get 
them together because again, you signed up for this. When you have a kid, you're literally signing up to be their guardian and you got to do it. I know it's more uh, work now than ever because social media and everything else, but hey man, you got to do it. There's no way around it. You got to, you got to take care of that. So now we wait. We wait now. We wait and see for what is going to happen to Jennifer and James uh, Crumley. We got to wait for the trial to happen. We got to wait to see if a jury of their peers find them guilty or not guilty. And again, this case right here with the parents is going to be setting precedents for how parents will be uh, capable to be charged with the killings of people because of their kids. We're going to have to wait and see what happens with that. Now, continue sticking with USA Today as the title would read, Horrendous, Atrocious, and Cruel. Judge gives life in bloody massacre of 13-year-old cheerleader, a judge in a St. John's County courtroom in Florida on Friday sentenced 16-year-old Aiden Fucci to life in prison for the first-degree murder of 13-year-old cheerleader Tristan Bailey, his friend and classmate in a case that drew national attention because of the brutality of the killing and the ages of the victim and perpetrator. Horrendous, atrocious, and cruel, a crime orchestrated for no other reason than to feel what it's like to kill someone. This factor alone is why Judge R. Lee Smith said there could be only one appropriate sentence for Fuji, life in prison. It wasn't about greed, retaliation, revenge, rejection, or some fit of uncontrollable anger, Smith said in court Friday. This crime had no motive. It was done for no other reason than to satisfy this defendant's internal desire to feel what it was like to kill someone, the judge said. It was committed in a cold, calculated, and premeditated manner without any pretense for moral or legal justification. He said his court has seen its share of autopsy photos, but these were particularly difficult. He repeated what has become common knowledge in the case that Tristan endured 114 stab wounds, 49 of which were deemed defensive. According to medical examiner, she suffered a painful, horrifying death from someone that she trusted, the judge said. Fuji had told friends that he was going to kill someone and even talked about taking them into the woods, Smith said. He wanted to watch them bleed out. There was a heightened level of premeditation in this case, the judge said. Now, continuing on in the article, it would say that Fuji did plead guilty last month to first-degree murder and Tristan's stabbing death on Mother's Day in 2021. The sentence comes two days of testimony before the judge, including hours of heart-wrenching victim impact statements, Wednesdays from Tristan's parents, grandmother, best friend, and siblings, including her older sister, who began her statement by dropping into a jar 114 aqua stone hearts one for each of the stab wounds Tristan endured at the hands of Fauci, then just 14 years old. So this kid right here, he just wanted to see somebody die. At least that's the motive that the judge is given this. And this was pretty disturbing. I knew nothing about this uh, case until I watched David Muir on ABC and they brought this up. I was astounded by that. I was like, how did this slip my fingers? How did, how did this not come across my radar? But... I can see why it was in Florida. Florida is still one of those nutty, uh, crazy states in the United States. And I believe that if you're in Florida, you should always be careful because a lot of people are not too sane down there. It has a history. But for a kid to stab someone 114 times, someone that is of your age bracket, it's crazy to me. 114 times is excessive. They usually say that those type of stabbings are for like act of passion or something like that, but there was no act of passion here. This was just, he just wanted to see someone die. He just wanted to kill someone. That is despicable. I don't, I don't like hearing that. I don't like reading that. That was nasty. I feel sorry for the Bailey family, if I'm going to be truly honest with you, they lost a daughter in 2021 on Mother's Day. On Mother's Day, think about that. Mother's Day is usually where the kids and the parents, well, the kids and the husband or whoever the partner is of the mother is, is celebrating the mother for everything that she's done throughout the year, everything that she's done in the past, yada, 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 you get my drift. And for you to kill 
a mother's child on Mother's Day. Do you not know how deep and sick that is? A woman has to push a baby out. That is a gift from a mother straight up. So for you to kill someone, a child, a mother's child on Mother's Day, dog, that is another level of sick and twistedness off top. And for you to mean to tell me that this guy or this kid, if you will, had no true motive. It is all about just wanting to see somebody die. That's disgusting. That's sick. And for him to get life, they did go back to that on David uh, ABC World News with David Muir. They did say that since he did commit this act of violence or murder at the age of 14 and he was a juvenile, after 25 years, they will uh, look back at the sentence and see if they can actually fix that. That's what they said. They'll look back at the sentence to see if they actually could adjust it if they want to or not. So life in prison is not life. I don't think people understand that. Life in prison is usually like, what, 30 some odd years. And they think that they, when people think of life, they think, oh my God, they're going to spend the rest of their life there. No. Life is usually like 30 some odd years. They're never ever really spending all their life in jail because they always say with the possibility of parole. So guess what? You have the chance to get parole out. And I think this kid, whenever he is a certain age, he's going to be paroled out and he's going to be out. So Aiden Fauci, he's going to be out, out of prison whenever he gets to a, what, 40 some odd or even 50 year old age. While Tristan Bailey over here, she's gone and her parents and her siblings will never be able to see her ever again. So this was just a complete sad story here. And I do, again, want to wish um, well wishes to the Bailey family for um, the sorrow that they had to endure for these past two years now. And it's only going to get worse every time they think about it on Mother's Day. But I'm hoping that the mom and the family can at least try to raise their hopes up as the years go by and try to not let this uh, hinder them, to be honest with you. But only time will tell. Now on to the next topic, and this topic, I want to give you guys a trigger warning. This uh, topic is not going to be easy settling for a lot of people, so just be warned about it. Um, This is about the death of a two-year-old from the hands of her father, allegedly. As this comes from ABC 13, Bond was doubled on Wednesday during a first court appearance for a father charged with murder in his two-year-old daughter's death after a 30-mile chase and SWAT standoff. The original magistrate set bond at $1 million for Deontay Flanagan on Tuesday, though the suspect did not appear in probable cause court. However, the judge increased the suspect's bond to $2 million during Wednesday's hearing. The family of two-year-old Xavier Flanagan, including the girl's mother, Kirsten Watson, told ABC 13 they had concerns about their safety for several days before the standoff unfolded. It's a horrible case. It's every parent's worst nightmare, every mother's worst nightmare. In this case, Miss Watson, Gilbert Sawtell with Family Fatality Section of the DA's office said. Sawtell said prosecutors asked the judge to reconsider Flanagan's bond amount and increase it to $5 million due to the threat he poses to the community. Still, the judge decided on the $2 million instead. Defense attorneys argued that due to Flanagan's financial resources, $5 million would essentially be no bond for him, which is unconstitutional in Texas. On Monday, Flanagan allegedly picked up his daughter from daycare before showing up to a nearby Walmart to confront Miss Watson while she was at work. Flanagan hit the mother multiple times in the face and left with her phone, driving off and leading police on the chase, which turned into a standoff in northwest Harris County, deputies said. Prosecutors said Watson's mother, the child's grandmother, also worked at Walmart and her cell phone was used to FaceTime the suspect during the chase. The chase ended after he reportedly crashed into other cars and stopped in a field, sparking a standoff. SWAT officials surrounded the vehicle and after about 20 minutes, the officers would move in and try to rush the toddler from the car and take it to the hospital where she was pronounced dead, according to charging documents. Flanagan hit his daughter with and against a blunt object and also choked her to death. When asked why the father was charged with murder, Sawtell said it could be upgraded to capital murder pending the outcome of the autopsy. If Flanagan is charged with capital murder, the state could seek the death penalty. Now, I do want to let you guys know what I'm about to read to you right now is um, sickening and it's going to hurt you because I know it hurt me in my, um, in my heart 
and I just want to uh, read this um, to you. Miss Watson, the mother of the two-year-old, told ABC 13 she's haunted by her daughter's last moments alive, which she watched on FaceTime during the police pursuit. She was on his lap, and she was gasping for air, and he had his arm around her neck squeezing tighter. Watson recalled, he said, this is what you made me do. All you do is care for that man. I was telling him, no, please. This is your daughter. She loves you. And he's still doing it. That uh, That's hard for me to read that. That was hard because I've said this multiple times, countlessly on this program, and I will say it to the top of the rooftops. Children are uh, precious. Children are the most innocent creatures that we have on this planet. They don't know that the world can be such a cruel and uh, manipulative type place until they start looking at the world and seeing things and they start understanding. It's it's so fun to see when kids start understanding. It's so great because when you start teaching them their ABCs and you start um, showing them things and they start understanding, it's showing you that, okay, they're starting to understand life. They're starting to grasp life a little bit and it's such a great thing to see but when they start seeing things being corrupt in this world and they ask you mommy and daddy what's what's this and that and you as a parent have to explain to them what's going down and how the world can be so cruel that's what it means to be a parent and again children are precious they just want to know they trying to soak up everything children are small sponges and for this little girl to die at the age of two because of the father being a complete jealous asshole. When you think about it, Ms. Watson had to watch as she was defenseless, as she saw the man that she created this child with murder their child on FaceTime. And the only thing he cared about was saying that only thing you do is care about that man. So, in my mind, I'm thinking Mr. Flanagan here is thinking that, okay, since she's no longer with me, she has a dude. You care about him instead of me. And usually crazy dudes do things to try to get their girls back or say, if they can't, if I can't have them, nobody else can. That's usually their thing that they do. And this really takes a cake. You killed your daughter out of spite because the mother of your child didn't want to be with you anymore. That's sickening. That hurts. I believe that will hurt anybody that has a soul and has compassion in their heart. That hurts. You killed your daughter because your baby mother didn't want to be with you? You are a pathetic, scummy mother. Mm, can't do it. Can't say that. Mm -mm. I'm trying to hold myself back here. But again, this is all allegedly here. But they do say they have FaceTime photos of um, FaceTime screenshots of the video and they show injuries to the daughter. So I expect this man to be found guilty. I'm not going to lie to you. Oh, Deontay, uh, Deontay Flanagan here gets the death penalty. I'm not going to lie to you. I do. You killed your daughter straight out of pure jealousy. I've seen a lot of things. If you go to World Star this past week, again, this world is crazy and full of head-ass nutty people here. People are really doing atrocious things because somebody broke up with them. There's literally a video on Worldstar of a man burning a house because somebody broke up with him. His girlfriend, I believe, broke up with him. There's other videos of different varieties of magnitudes that show people doing different things because somebody didn't want to be with them anymore because they got their heart broken. I understand if you're a small child, yes, you get upset because you're love or puppy love got broken up in your heart is hurting. I've had that at my time. I've had that. But for you to be a grown adult and take it out on your daughter, that's disgusting. That's deplorable. I don't care who you are. You need to be put into the ground. And I'm not gonna lie to you. I hope people in that jail cell is going to stomp him out. I really do. I hope that. I know that's not Supposedly, I'm supposed to say on here because, again, it's all alleged, and again, it's allegedly this, allegedly that. So, I still got to fall within the parameters of allegedly here. So, let me hit this with this. If he did do this, 
I hope he gets stomped out in prison. I hope he gets stomped out in jail. I hope people stomp him out. That's only if he did this. And again, with the evidence that they're going to pack up on this guy, I don't expect no type of a jury to say, yo, this man is innocent of anything. But time will tell as uh, we wait for the daughter's um, autopsy to see if they're going to even give him capital murder and try to seek the death penalty on him. So we'll just have to wait and see about that. Now, before I get to the next topic here, I just want to make something quick note. Um, They have reopened up Stephen Smith's uh case. Stephen Smith was the kid in 2015 that died on the side of the road. He was the first uh kind of domino effect of the whole Murdoch dynasty going down. And they have decided to reopen the case. They no longer will consider it a hit and run situation. They now consider it a homicide uh, investigation, meaning someone killed Stephen Smith here. And obviously they're going to think Buster uh, Murdoch, the son of Alex Murdoch, uh, disgraced lawyer and now convicted uh, murderer. And the thing is, people are going to say that it's him because of allegedly rumors have been swirling around that Buster and Stephen, Mr. Smith here had some type of relationship. It was covered on either Netflix documentary or HBO's documentary. I don't know which one. I just heard from people about the docs. But they have now reopened it up. And again, they have not really informed people what type of information that they have found about Mr. Smith's uh, situation because they want to try to nail all the Murdochs here. Because again, Murdoch family was a big dynasty down here in South Carolina. So now... With everything being the way that it is, Buster has to be on the defense now. So we're just here waiting for more information to come out about what they find from the now reopened case of Mr. Smith. Now, on to the next topic here. As it's come from Insider, as the article would read, two Virginia inmates tunnel out of jail with a toothbrush and travel seven miles to go to IHOP, cops said. According to Newport News Sheriff's Office, two inmates were missing during a headcount on Thursday. The pair, John Garza and Arlie Nemo, had used primitive tools, including a toothbrush and untied rebar, to dig a hole out of their cell wall and scaled a wall to make a daring escape, the department said. Now, further along in the article, it would state the two men then made it to IHOP seven miles away in the neighborhood town of Hampton, Virginia, opting for a pancake house instead of a waffle house a few blocks away. Um, they would say the citizens did observe Garza and Nemo at IHOP and notify law enforcement. And they would say that it reinforces what we always say. See something, say something. The sheriff said in a release. The sheriff's office added that it was looking at other security and construction flaws in the jail and that charges related to the escape were pending. So we're waiting on to see if they're going to charge these two guys with escaping the jail, which they are. And that's going to tack more time onto their prison sentence when you think of people escaping a prison or jail whatever you have you will you don't think of them going to an IHOP or Waffle House or any type of food establishment you don't think that's where they're going to go you think they might want to try to be incognito and try to hide out somewhere and just try to dip low and try to wait till all the cops and all the media attentions off of them something along those parameters but nope they wanted to go to an IHOP to get pancakes that's that's not all the way sane and right again certain people just might want to try to escape because they want something that they can't have inside of a jail at all when you think about it nice fluffy thick stacks of pancakes you don't think you're going to see that in jail you have never seen that I've never seen it personally I've never went inside of a jail but whenever people talk about jail, you don't hear nothing like that. Like, oh, I was served pancakes and grits and bacon and all that. No, no, no. You don't hear none of that. You hear that people are just trying to make sure they stayed in themselves, make sure they're not trying to get beat up or get something taken away from them, if you know what I mean here. That's usually the whole thing with jail. So with these guys just trying to leave out and go to IHOP and eat pancakes, they just wanted to take advantage of the simpler things in life instead of actually trying to escape, escape, like, I don't ever want to return back here. Who knows what would have happened if they just would have not got caught, if citizens just would have kept their mouth shut. I don't know, but it is what it is. I'm glad that somebody did say something, because you know what? You don't know what these people are uh, capable of. 
I don't know, because I personally am not going to dig into somebody's background like that. If the news article would have told me what they got arrested for, what they're in jail for, then I would have told you guys. But I'm not digging into these guys' background, because personally, I don't care. I just want you guys to know that if you see something, say something, but also be wary of who you guys do approach. And also, for all you guys that are in the jail listening to me right now, if you happen to, because you guys have ways to do this type of stuff, I'm not going to try to act like you guys are stupid here. Please be careful. Please be cautious. Do not try to escape. Just serve out your sentence. You did the crime. Now, I guess what you got to do the time here. And I know some of you guys are interested in there. Just wait and just stay strong until somebody at least with enough courage will come out and say, yo, he didn't do that or she didn't do that. Or we got some evidence that will exonerate these people and get them out of their current situation. So, again, I know there's people that's in there that's not guilty of nothing. They actually did absolutely nothing that sent them there. And I know there's people that's actually in there because they did something. If you did the crime, just sit up and do your time. And if you didn't do the crime, please, for the love of God, just have patience and just wait on and hold on as somebody at least is going to be trying to uh, get you guys out of there. Now, on to the next topic. As this talks about a woman caught trafficking more than 100 pounds of cocaine arrested near Georgia border, South Carolina, deputy said. A woman was pulled over for a traffic stop along I-85, was arrested after police found her with more than 100 pounds of cocaine, according to Anderson County Sheriff's Office. On March 15, Anderson County deputies pulled over an SUV driven by Marina Natanova. Inside, tucked into the back seat, deputies found duffel bags full of cocaine. Deputies call it one of the biggest drug busts in the county's history. In total, deputies seized 40 vacuum-sealed packages of cocaine, which amounted to 108 pounds of cocaine. Deputies will conclude that Marina was in charge of transporting the drugs and charged her with failing to maintain a lane and trafficking cocaine. That is insanely nuts. I do want to let you guys know people are out here being drug mules for a lot of uh, people, either it be cartels or just people out there in neighborhoods because they have to get their, uh, well, product to other places that, guess what, they can't drive because guess what, they got a rap sheet. So I'm not sure if this woman has a rap sheet or not. Again, I didn't look too much into her. I saw this news article. It popped me and I thought I should bring this to you guys too. I want this to be a cautionary tale for anybody that's transferring or transporting any type of drugs to anybody. One, don't be stupid. Two, please drive like you actually got some sense on the road because she got stopped for failing to maintain a lane, which ultimately led to her car being searched and they found the cocaine in her backpack, well, her duffel bags, if you will. So know how to drive on the road. You have to drive on the road and think to yourself, I have to drive like someone is watching me. I have to drive like, hey, there's some important cargo in here and I don't want someone to pull me over and actually check what's inside my bags. That's how you actually have to drive on these roads. You can't just be speeding 5 or 10 above the actual speed limit if you're riding dirty. You can't be doing any type of stupid nonsense on the roads. You have to use your signal lights. You have to do everything you can to make sure that you don't get caught and get busted. Because this right here, you were carrying 108 pounds of cocaine. Yeah, that's not good. Because whoever you were uh, transporting this drugs for, they're not happy. Now, I don't know if she was transporting it for somebody else or not. But just think of an actual normal civilian just carrying 108 pounds of cocaine just to transport it. One would think they're transporting it for an organization but it's for a normal human being that you're just doing this for i don't think you're doing it to be honest with you i don't think nobody's doing it for a regular person so for me i don't know who she's doing this for i would say for her to just keep her mouth shut don't say nothing don't try to take a deal or nothing because again you don't know who you are actually uh flipping on if you decide to take a deal, this is just me talking. This is just me and my theories. Again, I have no idea who this woman is. I don't know nothing about this woman. I'm just saying that it'll be in her best benefit to just be quiet. Just get a lawyer. Don't say nothing. Because again, you're putting yourself in a lot of risk. If you say something to someone about who you're transferring uh, these drugs for. So again, 
Let this be a cautionary tale for everyone out there. One, don't do it. Just don't do it. And two, if you happen to do something like this, again, be careful. Don't be stupid. Don't drive recklessly. Drive like you actually got some sense because when you drive like you got some sense, guess what? You won't get pulled over and things like this won't happen to you. Just want to put that out there. Now on to the next topic. As this comes from the Telegraph, 29-year-old scientist enrolled in high school and pretended to be a teenager. A 29-year-old woman enrolled as a student at a New Jersey high school because she was lonely and wanted to return to a place of safety, her lawyer said. Hai Zhang Shen is accused of falsifying a birth certificate and joining New Brunswick High School pretending to be a teenager. She was indicted by a grand jury for providing false documents and hindering her own prosecution, but has pleaded not guilty to the charges which could carry a maximum penalty of five years in prison. Her lawyers describe a sad tale. Miss Shin arrived in America from South Korea when she was 16 to attend a boarding school in Massachusetts. She went on to study political science and Chinese at Rutgers University in New York and was named a learning community scholar in 2017. She practiced meditation, enjoyed singing, and had been studying for a master's degree, but it appears that her life started to unravel soon after as she got a divorce and fell $20,000 behind on rent, according to court records. I'm no psychologist or lawyer, told the New York Times, but separated from her family and being in a different country, as well as a couple of other stressors in her life, may have caused her to act very uncharacteristically. Using a doctored birth certificate, she enrolled at New Brunswick High School, where she lasted only four days before arousing suspicion from staff. Now, further along in the article, it would state that Mission's lawyers would say that uh, Mission had no malice intended when she uh, pretended to be a teenager. At no time was anyone or any student in danger. And this entire case is more about my client wanting to return to a place of safety and welcoming in an environment that she looks back on fondly and nothing more, he added. New Brunswick police also said that as part of their investigation, they hadn't found anything to suggest her intentions for enrolling were designed to bring harm to the students or staff. In an effort to avoid jail time, her lawyers told the judge that she intended to apply to a program that diverts first-time offenders from the criminal justice system and enables them to wipe their record clean after a successful period of probation, the New York Times reported. Whatever the outcome, she hopes to return to South Korea after the case concluded, they said. Mission is due to appear in court again on May 15th. This was a weird thing to hear about. Well, not weird as much. I guarantee you, certain people right now, if they could pretend to go back in time or just pretend to be a teenager again, they would. Because adult life is hitting people with a lot of punches. The one, two punch, three punches, the four punch. I mean, adult life is hitting people in their 20s, even in their 30s, way different than I think a lot of people's intended it to uh, be. People didn't think that a lot of things would be happening. People were saying we're about to go into another uh, recession. We're about to get another Great Depression, if you will. People are saying a lot of things. Prices of things are going up. Inflation is up and everything else. And a lot of people that are living in like these big states, like the New Jersey's, uh, New York, the Texas, the California, all the big timey places that you would think were tourists, wanted to go to and all that. Not a lot of them actually can manage themselves. Not a lot of them can uh, live. She was backed. $20,000 behind on rent. Now, it all depends on where she was at because $20,000 on rent in a big pricey place, that can literally just be one month rent. Now, if she was living in a small dingy place, certain people's rent is like $8,000, $10,000 a rent in like New York style places. And again, that's just outrageous to me. How rent could even cost it much, but hey, somebody can price it, and it's all up to you if you actually want to live there or not. And then when you sign it, your name's on the dotted line. It's all up to you to fit that bill and pay up when it's time. But there was nothing for her. And also, she just got divorced. Her mental status was bad. She got divorced. She fell back on rent. I mean, she was not all the way there at all. And I'm not even saying if she has any type of debt or not. They didn't say that in the article or nothing, but just think about it. She's working on a master's degree, 
that could be a uh, situation where she's taking on some debt right there. So, I mean, again, you got to think of a lot of things that come into play with a lot of people doing what they do. And for her, she just wanted to go back and just try to look at a time where it was blossoming for her, the way that her lawyer is putting it out here. I wouldn't do it because high school was all right for me. I got out in three years. But for people that had a great time in high school, they might want to actually try to see if they can relive it again. And to be honest with you, if you can ask some of these adults right now, if they could go back and relive high school again, be a teenager again, a lot of them would. Because they don't want to be an adult right now. They don't want to pay bills. They don't want to do all the things that adults have to do when you are an adult and you're by yourself or you're with your partner or you have kids. You don't want to do these things, but you got to because guess what? You are the person that leads the home. So with her, she's by herself now. She's missing her country. She's missing her family. She's in a country that she doesn't really want to be in. I mean... I feel for her, I do, and I know she didn't mean no harm, because if she meant harm, she could have easily started stabbing up these people, it took y'all four days, legit four days, to even start being suspicious of this woman, so if she wanted to hurt some kids, she could have easily did that within these four days, but she didn't, so hopefully Miss Shen over here, she only spends whatever type of time she has to spend, whether in probation, and she does all the programs that she has to do, and she can actually go back to her home go back to South Korea and everything else. But I suspect America's probably going to want their debt. They're going to want their money before she leaves to go to South Korea. So I hope somebody can fit her the bill for that so she can go back to South Korea so she could actually be where she wants to be. Now, moving away from that, I want to move over into Hollywood where I want to talk about a couple of things that came out of Hollywood this week. Uh, the first thing was Amanda Bynes. Amanda Bynes was reportedly wandered the streets for days before being found and placed in a psychiatric care as his comfort complex. Uh, it states that Amanda Bynes is expected to have her psychiatric hold extended and reportedly wandered the streets for days before she was found roaming around naked per TMZ. Sources familiar with the former child actress said it is believed that Bynes was living on the streets for a number of days prior to when she was found. Her car was towed in Long Beach, which is approximately 20 miles, 25 miles from where she was found wandering the streets of downtown Los Angeles without clothes on. It is suspected that she hitched a ride or took public transportation to get from Long Beach to downtown LA and allegedly got a ride from a stranger to Beverly Hills before she asked to be returned to Hollywood. Those close to buying says she has made some improvements since she was placed on psychiatric hold on Sunday. But as of right now, it's looking like she remained in care for another week before she's discharged. So the first thing I want to say is I hope Amanda Bynes gets well and hope she is doing well. Because when I heard about this, I was like, hold up, that's Amanda Bynes rolling around naked. I hope that she's okay. First and foremost, nobody took advantage of her. And from the reports and everything, nobody took advantage of her. And I'm glad of that. That's one. And two, I'm hoping that she's getting the actual care that she needs. I don't know much about Amanda Bynes' whole situation. I know there was a thing about conservatorship, the same thing that Britney Spears went through, and now that she's no longer uh, going through conservatorship, she's able to be in control of her own destiny. I hope that somebody is around that actually cares for her and loves her to actually can say, yo, we're going to place you here. We're going to do this right. We're going to get you right mentally before you can actually get back into showbiz, because right now, a lot of people that were away from showbiz acting is now making a comeback. Again, Brandon Frazier, he was away, and now he's back with the Oscar stuff. Uh, the guy from Everything, Everywhere, All at Once, the leading actor, he, or supporting actor, if you will, he made his return back, and he's doing things now. So again, people from back in the day, 80s stars and 90s stars, so Amanda Bynes being a 90s uh, kid star, she can make a return to Hollywood and people would be excited to see what she does so I'm hoping that if anything if she does want to do that that's fine after she gets her mind right now after she gets her mental right because that's the one thing that I think that everybody lacks I've said it before and I'll say it again mentality your mental is something that you have to work on it's something that you have to keep at peace and keep working on because a lot of people want to keep on focusing on working 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 I gotta figure a way to get money do this and do that that they're mental state goes into a drought 
and they don't know how to pick up on that. They don't know how to fix that. And then guess what? They're just stuck there. So I'm not certain if that happened here with Amanda Bynes after being a kid star for so long and being a teenager and doing stuff in Hollywood still. You don't know what type of stuff she saw in Hollywood because, again, Hollywood is weird. So you don't know what type of stuff she's seen, what type of stuff she's been a part. You have no idea. So, again, my heart and everything goes out to Amanda Bynes. I just want her to be safe. I just want her to be well, and I want her to get right mentally so that she can live a productive life. That's all I personally care about as a person that watched all that as a kid and watched the Amanda Bynes show whenever she moved off the all that program. So again, that's where my heart and my head lies at whenever I hear about Amanda Bynes or anybody from the 90s that I uh, watched. So again, my heart goes out to Amanda Bynes and I hope that she's uh, doing well. Now to the next topic as this comes from Vanity. Domestic violence charges dismissed against Justin Rowland. Rick and Morty creator slams horrible lies reported about me. Rick and Morty creator Justin Rowland is no longer facing domestic violence charges. Vanity confirms. Kimberly Eds, spokeswoman for the Orange County District Attorney's Office, said in a statement, we dismissed the charges today as a result of having insufficient evidence to prove the case beyond a reasonable doubt. Roland took to social media to respond to dropping the charges, writing in a statement that he is thankful the case has been dismissed. He added, I'm still deeply shaken by the horrible lies that were reported about me during this process. Roland appeared in court in January for a pretrial hearing after he was charged with one felony count of domestic violence with corporal injury and one felony count of false imprisonment by menace, violence, fraud, and or deceit. I have always known that these charges were false and I never had any doubt that this day would come, Roland said in a new statement. I'm thankful that this case has been dismissed, but at the same time, I'm still deeply shaken by the horrible lies that were reported about me during this process. Most of all, I'm disappointed that so many people were so quick to judge without knowing the facts. Based solely on the word of an embittered ex trying to bypass due process and have me canceled, Roland added that it may have succeeded even partially. It's shameful. However, now that the legal case has ended, I'm determined to move forward and focus both on my creative projects and restoring my good name. Now, for the people that don't know who Justin Rowland is, he's the guy that was half creator of Rick and Morty, one of Adult Swim's top uh, build shows over there. And he apparently has a game uh, studio called Squash Game, and he had to resign from that uh, system, that company. Whenever this stuff happened and Adult Swim did happen to fire Justin Rowland from Rick and Morty from there, too. So that tells you Justin Rowland, uh, he took a pretty big beating here now that he has been found. Uh, well, I'm not going to say found not guilty. They dismissed the charge because they have no like concrete evidence to actually nail him for anything. I wonder how Hollywood's going to uh, treat him. I wonder how Adult Swim and. Other companies are going to treat him because I remember whenever this stuff came about. And again, I wasn't talking about it because I didn't know what was going to happen. I was waiting until the actual ending of this case to actually report on this and actually say anything. Um, but now since we're here, I wonder what's going to happen. I know he says he's going to try to restore his good name. I don't know how it's going to happen. He might have to call in a couple favors to have like Adult Swim bring him back in. Because when you think about it, and if people watch Rick and Morty here... He's the voice actor of both Rick and Morty, the two actual main characters of the show. And I'm not certain how the show was actually going to last with him not actually being there. Again, he's the voice of Rick and Morty. The show is called Rick and Morty. Ladies and gentlemen, without the guy actually voicing the characters, how is the show going to last? I don't know. Adult Swim was probably trying to flip a lid about how they were going to uh, resolve this. But now since... Well, they don't have to resolve it like that and find anybody else. They could just rehire him back. And the only thing they could put out is that his charges were dismissed because they found no uh, concrete evidence that could hold. That actually would calm down some of the unjust that people would try to throw out there. Because a lot of people will try to throw out that that just because it was thrown out because he, there was no concrete evidence, that doesn't mean he's innocent. Listen, we cherry pick a lot of people. We cherry pick that with people that we like and don't like. Whenever someone that we like is charged with something and then they get found or dismissed 
of a case because of no concrete evidence. We're all cool. We want them to go back to their life and doing everything that they were doing before because that made us happy because they provided us with something. Now, whenever someone that we don't like gets hit with this and again, they get found not guilty or the charge gets dismissed, we're still going to hate that person because we think that that person did whatever crime they were uh, labeled with. So I wanted to know how they're going to treat Justin Rowland in Hollywood. Is he going to come back to Rick and Morty? Is he going to come back to his gaming studio? I don't know. I'm going to have to wait and see. And again, once I find out, I will be bringing it back to this uh, podcast here. Now, on to something that caught my eye, and I mean caught my eye literally because I was scrolling through Twitter and I didn't really know about this until I saw it. Takashi 69 he was beat up in a Florida gym. He was at LA Fitness. Uh, there's video of him getting beat down. And it was in their uh, bathroom or sauna room, whatever the world is it. But a man caught the beats. And this has been in the making for years and years since he came out of uh, jail from ratting on his people that he was uh, gang affiliated with. He has been running around for a period of time saying nobody's going to touch him. Nobody's going to do nothing to him. And for a good period of time, he actually was proving his point. Nobody was touching him. Nobody was trying to get at him like that because he was always surrounded by police and security and yada, yada, yada. But now he got touched. He got beat up. You can see videos about it on Twitter. There's uh, photos of him on TMZ. He doesn't look like he got beat down bad, to be honest with you. I mean, you can see a couple of bruises on his face and all that. But the way that people talk about they want to catch 6ix9ine and actually put the beats to him. You would think they're actually going to break his face, break his jaw, and all that type of stuff. No. He actually got beat up just a little bit. He didn't look like he got beat up bad to the point that he couldn't move no more. That's the way that everybody talked about this kid when he got, well, snitched. When he snitched and when he cooperated with police officers and he was doing dumb stuff like antagonizing other rappers out here saying that you ain't going to do nothing to me. And again, a lot of rappers were saying they couldn't wait to see him in person and they wanted to see if he's going to be tough and actually do all that stuff that he's doing on the internet in front of them or is he not and it took them a good long time what it's been what five six years since he snitched maybe probably even less but it was a good solid time since he did all that and then ta-da we're here we're here now and he got beat down now, my whole thing is, okay, they caught 6ix9ine. Okay, cool. He didn't get beat up that bad. Now, with the floodgates open, how many people are actually going to go after this kid? Because at first, they were trying to get at him. They couldn't get him. They couldn't do nothing. But now, since somebody, and it's usually like that, once the first person usually does it, everybody follows suit. Because now they see that the floodgates are open, and they actually couldn't do it, and they actually could beat up on this kid. And he's touchable now. I want to see how many times this kid is going to get touched. I want to see how many times 6 9 is going to get touched. I'm not saying for you guys to do it. I just wonder, me as a civilian, me as a person that's just looking at things, I wonder who's going to attack him next. Again, I'm not saying for you guys to do that. Do not do that if you see this kid. Personally, I think you should leave this kid be where he be, personally. Do not engage with foolishness. That's my thoughts on this do not engage with foolishness if Takashi is back online and talking crap again to any type of rapper saying yo you guys ain't gonna do that to me I got snuck or blah 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 listen don't pay him no attention let him fade into obscurity because that's where he's at right now he's not out here pushing records he's not out here making music like that that's getting played anywhere else he's not so just let him fade into obscurity and let him just be himself and let him do what he do and Takashi, my guy, you're a numbers guy. You know how to work numbers. You know how the algorithms work. You know all these type of things. Make money that way. Become an analyst. Do strategy. Do that for somebody else. Be a strategist. Be a numbers guy for someone else. You're a numbers guy. I think everybody in hip-hop or anybody that follows media of hip-hop will at least give you that credit. You know how to follow the numbers. You know how to attract an audience when you were hot so the only thing you got to do now is basically just try to see who will work with you and what i mean by that you work for them 
You work for them as a numbers guy. You try to give them ideas to make them become the next popping thing. That's what you should do as your job. So that's just an idea for you to do. That's all I got to say about that. Please, everyone, do not try to tag 6 9 again. You prove your point. You got to him. Let him be. The streets should be happy now. They should be satisfied. Now on to more hip-hop-ish news here. Beyonce and Adidas have mutually agreed to part ways after $50 million declined in sales. As this comes from TMZ. The Wall Street Journal reports Beyonce's custom clothing line, Ivy Park, fell way below its 2022 sales projections of $250 million, only bringing in roughly $40 million in to close out this year. Those numbers were also considered low than 2021's tally of $93 million. So, okay, so they did not recoup any of their money back from her. Now, I would state that before cutting ties, their 2023 projections were shifted from $335 million to $65 million. Beyonce's contract is finished at the end of the year, but is still on track to earn her $20 million annual salary. So, where does this leave Adidas right now? Well, Adidas is down in money. As you know, they lost or they're projected to lose one. billion because of their uh, no longer deal with Kanye West. And now with them losing Beyonce towards the end of this year, they're going to be down more money. So for my idea for Adidas, I think Adidas are going to go back to Kanye West, make a deal with him, and he's going to go back to designing Adidas shoes again. And I think people might at first be upset because, again, Kanye West, he's a hot uh, button pressure uh topic for people. People don't like him. People are thinking that he's bigger than what he shows himself to be, or people think that he has that type of attitude or ego, which if I was Kanye, I would have that kind of ego too, because he makes everything, let's be honest, again, boneless couture. He made people want to buy that. Jesus Christ. Um, He was their big earner over there in Adidas. Let's be completely honest here. Let's just put, throw all our cards out here on the table. He's done a lot of things, so Kanye West should have the right to have that type of ego here, but I digress. I think Adidas is going to go back to Kanye, and again, at first, people are going to be upset, but I think people are going to shut up, and they're going to buy the shoes just like anything else. It's the trial period. Kanye West was on timeout. He's in the corner with his head down, and if you look at it, and if you're thinking about it, Kanye West hasn't been sending in the media for a good couple weeks or even a good couple months by now. He's been silent. He hasn't said nothing. He hasn't said nothing wild. He's just been doing his own thing. So I think that when people see Kanye again, yes, sure, the first thing is to be upset, but the second thing is to see, okay, has he changed? Has he evolved? What has happened to Kanye? Because again, he hasn't said nothing. That's the big thing. Once Kanye says something, a hundred microphones, freaking a million ears will be open up and listening just to hear what he has to say. That's the power that Kanye possesses. And also, again, money being the motive, money being the key, money making the world go around, especially in business terms. Them losing $1.3 billion off of that Kanye deal, I have a feeling they're going to go running back to him to see if he can make more shoes and so they can actually be back in the green instead of being in the red at this moment. That's just my personal feeling since they lost Kanye and now they're losing Beyonce as well. So that's where I think Adidas should be going next. But only time will tell. We'll have to just uh, wait and see what Adidas do in the meanwhile. Now, I think that's all the news topics I want to cover. Oh, yes. I forgot about one thing. I want to circle back to the Alex Murdoch situation. This week, they had a uh, sale of the Alex Murdoch stuff at his family estate, at least the stuff inside of it, at an auction house. And I was completely floored and just like not disgusted i found it horrendous and just atrocious whenever you see people go up and just buy the items from this home to be honest with you and the reason why i say that is this it's not that they had like good looking things that you wanted to buy out of there no all that stuff was literally not good it didn't look well you had like antlers you had like a um god what's the thing that they put on their side tables uh god what is it what is a lamp a turtle shell lamp it didn't look well um all the stuff just really looked straight up not good in my personal opinion i don't know what type of decor people go for but that stuff it it wasn't 
necessary for anybody to even buy that. But the news station where I live, they covered that. And I saw that I laughed my butt off because I was like, this is stupid. Their stuff isn't even worth anything. And they talked to one person that like bought some of the stuff. The person said that he wanted to have some history. He wanted to buy history. And I thought to myself, this is not big history like that. I understand because you're around the area. Yeah, sure, it's history for you. But in the grand scheme of things, this isn't history, dude. This is just somebody being nasty and you're buying basically their old, not even looking fancy style of trash. That's all you're doing personally. Because again, ladies and gentlemen, if you go and see the video of like the auction of some of the items that were there, they didn't look, they didn't look anything impressive. That's all I can say about that. Everything was, in my personal opinion, real trashy. So I just found that really, really stupid for anybody to go and buy that type of stuff. And also the money that was made from that auction, I feel that it should go to the um, maids' kids, the ones that didn't get their money from Alex Murdoch. They should be getting that money there until Alex Murdoch's estate could pay them the money that they're owed. But well, I just have to wait and see if they will ever get their money from that. But that's just one thing I forgot to mention whenever I talked about the whole uh, Buster Murdoch situation. That was something that I forgot to bring up. So I'm glad I remembered before I end today's episode. Now, with everything now being covered, I want to say thank you to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, uh, Amazon, Spotify, all the other podcast uh, houses that have me on their website because without these people i wouldn't be able to get my podcast out there to you the downloaders the listeners and again i want to thank them first and foremost and secondly the podcast uh downloaders the listeners i want to thank you guys as well because again without you guys i'm just one guy shouting into a void nobody listening and that's just how life works from time to time but i'm glad i actually have listeners to actually just listen to some of my uh, opinions on certain news topics that happen throughout the rest of the week or that did happen you got my drift so with that being said always remember i love you guys i thank you again this is not a gimmick this is gerald garrett g2 saying this from his mouth to your ears i really do appreciate every single one of you guys that downloaded and listen to the podcast every single week um just know that i have a podcast legit every saturday sunday and now a wednesday one until i get tired of that one but i don't see me getting tired of that um you guys can always just download the episodes and just listen to them there i have a whole legit back catalog of episodes that you can listen to if you're ever just bored and just want to listen to something you can just do that um but i want everybody to have a good sunday have a great start of your week please be careful out there please be safe don't be a dickhead don't be a douche to nobody have some courtesy have some uh etiquette please just be calm and kind decent human beings to one another as we're all just trying to make it out here and also remember if you feel like you have any suicidal tendencies i have the suicide uh, hotline in my episode description this only works in the united states so this is for the united states listeners if you're international please look up your own uh suicide hotline numbers and please call those numbers up because i do want everyone to live if you have those mental problems and you feel like you want to just leave off this planet trust me you will be missed by a lot of people if you do that so please just try to get some help if you need it now i love you all i thank you have a great rest of your day this has been my two cents podcast hosted by g2 he is i and i am him i love you all i thank you and Kanye, could you please take these people home? I'm tired, you tired, uh-huh. Jesus wept. Uh-huh.